Hey, this is Talking With Our Mouths Full, and today this is our very special Labor Day Back to School special. I'm Michael Chan. And I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And where are we today? We are at the Marathon Cafe in Richmond Hill in the plaza at 155 East Beaver Creek Road. It's Unit 26. So the owners of this location, or in general, are Harvey Lin, Tracy Chu, and Tony Chu. So they bought their original store in Scarborough on Midland Avenue, north of Finch, called Marathon Donuts and Coffee Shop in 2008. And guess what, guys? It's still there. In case you can't make it to the Richmond Hill location, you can definitely check out the Scarborough location. Anyway, back to the Richmond Hill location. So this location is actually their second location, and it's in the area where Highway 7 connects to Highway 404. That area is very popular. It's like a very, very popular food hub and has an incredibly large and diverse variety of restaurants and cafes. Why? Because it's right by the Richmond Hill City Hall. There's a bunch of business buildings and That's industrial right. buildings. So for everyone working there, big buffet basically of food for you to munch on so that way you don't have to take your food from home and have a soggy sandwich and you can have a nice fresh one because mm -hmm. uh, yeah like nightingale says uh this is next to a business park area so all the labor <laughs> peeps come here to eat but there's also a movie theater and fun fact when i was young wait what you're not no, I'm like super old. I know, I know. I look like you know, I have like you don't raise it, okay? boyish, boyish good looks and all, but boyish you know, charm, I'm like in my sixties. Wait, so, what? Yep, yep. I'm in my sixties. I'm oh. super old, and <laughs> you know, I always worry about my daughter and how she's gonna grow up, and you know, her dad's gonna be like a hundred. But anyways, when I was young, I actually got kicked out of the theater for trying to watch Under Siege two <laughs> while underage. But interestingly, and but I don't know. Everybody does that, so it's not a crime. Yeah, but you, you paid for the ticket. They saw me and saw this pimply faced kid walk in. They're like, "You, give me your ID." But what happened? And, and this is okay. the more interesting part. Okay. Is somehow I was able to wait a little bit, come back into the theater, and buy a ticket to see Species, which I would argue has way more R-rated content than Under Siege 2. All right, there you have it, guys. How to get away with going to an underage film. You just wait a little bit, and then you'll get your ticket. Lesson <laughs> but, uh, learned. Okay, okay. I think we're going veering off in a tangent. So back to Marathon Cafe. It is what is called a ta tan tang. All right, and because I can't speak Cantonese, what the translation is basically, it's Hong Kong-style diner. Mm -hmm. And so this diner serves a wide range of food, typically a mix of more traditional Hong Kong-style quick eats, like egg sandwiches, pineapple buns. Which in Cantonese is called bolo bao. All right, one more time for everybody. How do you say that again? Bolo bao. Okay, say it slower so we can all learn, Michael. Bolo. Wow, not to be confused with Paulo Young, who is a fantastic actor. See, now we all learn something new again. All right, so they also serve brick toast, curry chicken on rice, and more. And also, they serve Western-style food, like all-day breakfast, tuna sandwiches, and coffee. So be prepared for basically mm -hmm, anything mm -hmm. at this cafe. But what they are... Or diner, diner, diner. <laughs> cafe or diner. <laughs> but uh, what they are most well-known for is their Hong Kong-style milk tea. Oh my god. So Nightingale got one and You got one, right? I did too. Okay, yes, good. that's right. But why why are they known for it? Well back in twenty twelve, after only five years of brewing Hong Kong style milk tea, one of their owners, Harvey, he Harvey won Lin, not to be confused with Jeremy Lin. 
<laughs> um, yes, they're not related. Uh, but Harvey won the title of Milk Tea King when he came in first place at the International Milk Tea Competition held in Hong Kong. Whoa, that's, that's a legit. Yeah, and that is the, the top level milk tea brewing competition in the entire world. Whoa. And he just basically blew people's minds because... My mind is already blown. Right? Because not only was he not a master brewer from Hong Kong or even China, but a five-year novice from Toronto, of all places. And, yeah, so a lot of people just lost their minds. But My mind is already lost, guys. (laughs) But here's the thing. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) No, I have less of a mind than you. But, no, seriously, um, the thing is, what this win showed the world, though, is that we over here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, we have really high standards when it comes to our food, especially cultural foods. And so Harvey's win was actually a huge win for Toronto. But, um, okay. And just showcasing that, like, you don't have to be authentic straight from the country. You can just be authentic wherever you are. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever authentic means. Oh, I'm putting up, like, two little quotation marks whatever for around the word authentic Aww, when I say it. look like cute bunny ears. I know. <laughs> so we already know you are having their, and I am having their famous Hong Kong style milk tea. But what uh, what else are you having today? Well, I'm also having their, um, it's like this toast with condensed milk and butter. I'm also having, a, like what you said, the um, the pineapple bun. Bolo bao. Yes. Yes, that. I'm also having their egg Yours has sandwich. butter in it. Yeah, also yeah. has, so that it would be said differently then, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's see if you know what it's called. Bolo Yao. Nice. Yes, I said it. And Bolo Yao. Slow Okay. Stopped. Okay. What else? <laughs> and I'm also having their satay beef noodle. And yeah, that's about it. Yep. So uh, I'm also having the satay beef. Uh, mine is with instant noodles. Uh, mine also has instant noodles too. And I am having also the very traditional Hong Kong style egg sandwich. So it's uh, the key to that, by the way, is for the egg to be fluffier. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would cut the crust off of the bread that they okay. use, and the bread has to generally not be too thick because you don't want to overwhelm the egg with the bread. So it has yeah, to be yeah, those good, carbs, um, man. I'm just gonna give it a try here. Hmm. Oh, yeah. It's so fluffy, you can't really hear it, mm. other than Michael being so satisfied with it. Okay, yeah, so they did it just right. The egg is definitely fluffy, but it doesn't overwhelm the bread, and the bread doesn't overwhelm the egg, so it's like a perfect balance. So, wow, they're not just good at their milk tea, they're good at their uh, their egg sandwiches as well. And I'm also having, well, you call it just a bun of condensed, it's a Hong Kong style toasted bun with condensed milk and butter. Also called a Lyle Jute. And, uh, Dang, I'm learning so much today. I'm just so I've, a I've, I've, I've been here before, mm-hmm. and the Lyle Jute is actually one of my favorite things to have here. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a great snack. Yeah. Uh, it is a little on the sweet side, so you're going to be careful of that if you're not really into things that mm-hmm. are overly sweet. But personally, I love it. And, uh, mm. and it's so, like, the bread is, like, nice and crispy. Mm-hmm. But it's also, mm-hmm. like, when you bite it, it's soft. It's, like, it tricks you, but it's so good. That's right. See? And then just the um, the condensed milk. I usually like to let the uh, condensed milk, well, like to let the bun sit just for a little bit so it doesn't get too cold, but the condensed milk actually kind of seeps into the bread itself. Mm-hmm. So it gives it kind of that, it's like, it's not too wet, 
it's kind of spongy. tender. Yeah, it makes it spongier, but then you get more of the condensed milk flavor inside the bread, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. And now I'm gonna try their satay beef. Ooh. You I've know it's talking, good if you hear a good slurp, everybody. I've been talking so long that that it, I'm worried it's cold. Mm. He's eating the beef right now. Yes, oh, I am. And um, okay, satay so flavor th- is really good. It is. So they didn't overwhelm the dish by just dumping a lot of satay sauce on it. Instead, it's uh, it's part of the broth that's inside with the noodles and the lettuce that they have in the bowl here. Um, but yeah, like the beef is, is quite tender, which is which is fantastic. So I'm I'm really happy with what I'm eating right now. All right. So since this is our back to school episode, I figured today we'll take a bite into the very fun topic of, and she's taking a bite out of her. Oh, school! Take a bite out of school. <laughs> Taking a bite. I know it's rude to talk with our mouthful, but that's what—that's the point oh of this God. podcast. Um, <laughs> so yeah, today we will be taking a bite out of the topic of education. So, Nightingale, you and I—we are past our high school days, and we're even past our university and college days. So now that, that means we're very young. Extremely, extremely young. <laughs> I mean, I just went to my twentieth reunion for my high school oh my god whoa yeah Uh, (laughs) recently so uh, excuse me that was fun um yeah so now that you're no longer in school have you found that education has stopped can like can when kids come out of school that can they expect a learning to stop yeah like yeah yeah they can learn anything they want because they have this thing no, no, I thought that you meant they were learning stocks. Oh and my I'm God, like, you just I'm like, me. I, thought you, I thought you said stocks. And I'm like, stock market? Yeah, kids can learn that. They have access to the internet. That is true. Yes, you can learn stocks, but the learning never stops. <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> stops. Stop. <laughs> pa. Yes. yes, yeah, learning does not stop. And so... So what, what, are, what are you learning these days? Or, or I am what have randomly you since you picking up yep. ASL for fun. And oh, I, wow, I don't, really? Yeah, I don't plan to learn like all of it, but I'm planning to learn what I can. It's like a random skill and also to pick up some dexterity. I think that's really cool. Like, I don't know when I'll be using in my life, but I feel like it's just something fun to learn because I was always interested in ASL. Mm-hmm. And just to pick up something for dexterity reasons, right? Like yeah. something so simple. And then it's also like very practical, I feel like. So that way it's like my brain can register because if something's not as practical, I don't feel that I would be more committed to it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we are actors. Do you do you take uh, any more courses? I take once in a while a few acting courses here and there. And then also to just further like learn, there's also like this podcast that we're picking up as well. Oh and I God, feel yeah. like we're learning a lot from it. And I feel like even if it's not something that's like a formal education where you're actually paying for it, I feel like just picking up like a new skill or hobby is just something that's worth learning about mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like preparing for this podcast alone i had to spend months really kind of looking up how does podcasting work you know yeah. what is podcasting structure where where do i even put a podcast and yeah. i was very obviously we have the internet yeah. so which is very very useful with google and whatnot and there's a lot of resources on there but and figuring out what to say mm-hmm. as well but it's also i mean for me it was great that i do have uh, a mentor and my friend lauren morley who's podcast the author is fantastic but yeah you just don't stop learning but back to the acting thing like i i also take a lot of workshops i i tried to keep myself like yes i already went to film school after university but 
I still take workshops with casting directors of different coaches. I take intensives. I actually recently started to get back into because when I actually started acting, I took stage combat at Rapier Wit. Nice. But I haven't I haven't done stage combat in so long that I felt like you know what I'm worried that I, I you know if I ever have to fight on set mm-hmm. that I won't be as good at it nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I went to Violence in Motion and I've been taking a few of their workshops, which That's have been fantastic. Cool. The latest one uh, is Unarmed Combat, and wow, like back at Rapier Wit, we focused on the stage a lot, mm-hmm. but this course was mainly for film actors. So just to be able to learn more about fighting while there's multiple cameras and, and, and to think about angles and having to adjust, mm-hmm. you know, my body to those angles and, and, and cheat the camera and all that. It's, That's it's, a lot of knowledge, it, it's, man. It's a lot of knowledge. And really, we think about it, I mean, violence in motion is a school. So I did say, yeah, we're past our school days, but really mm-hmm. we're not because we go to schools to learn things. Mm-hmm. What else? Are you learning anything else? Mm-hmm. Something that I've been like really interested in and I've been keeping up with is um, bullet journaling. Ooh. Yeah, bullet journaling is like a new way to like, it's kind of like you create your own agenda and it's kind of like things that you want to keep track of. It's like an agenda or a planner or calendar made specifically for you, how you want to do things. Mm-hmm. Like for example, like a lot of planners, they put Saturday and Sunday on both ends for the weekend. Oh. And honestly, I don't really like that kind of way to see my week. I would like to see Monday as the first block and then put Saturday and Sunday together. And so I just created like an agenda that just works well for me. And then it's just been evolving throughout the years that I've been working with it. And I really like it. It's like something new to learn. It's something creative. And it's just something to fill up like time and just to learn more about committing to little projects here and there. So, that's mm. really so, cool. so these these types of things that we we've been talking about so far, just uh, courses or little programs. But you know, some jobs they do require uh, something a bit more formal, like practical more skills, well, like not practical but like required requirements, mm-hmm. right? Well, there are requ- so okay. So outside of being an actor, my Joe job is a realtor. Mm-hmm. I'm a real estate salesperson, well, real estate broker, and one of the things is once you get your license, that's not the end of your education. Every two years, we actually have to take continuing education. Mm-hmm. Now, back in the day, you know, back in the old days, we, we had a different education system. Because right now, it's all online. There's, it's actually not as much information as in the past. But when I first started out in real estate, we actually had to go and take courses and there are some that you actually have to go to school oh yeah we actually have to go to class Mm -hmm. and i'll be honest with you i still prefer going to class over the way it's it is now with the online education Mm -hmm. program but it is what it is but you know like um my my uh my Mm father-in-law he's an engineer and he does a lot of uh work uh, at nuclear power plants and but outside of that one of the things he does is is online learning programs for people who who work in the companies that he works for. So even people who, who are like engineers of various types have to continue to be educated and to be updated mm-hmm. on the things that, they, they, I mean, they should know, right? Mm-hmm. This is their specialty, but they have to I be updated I feel like themselves. it's important because everything is changing so fast now with the internet mm-hmm. and with like just changes in technology. Mm-hmm. Like take a look at a lot of kids nowadays. Like a lot of schools now are implementing laptops and iPads mm-hmm. into their school system. And so like I work at a school every now and then and the kids get excited for iPad time. iPad time. Yeah. And it's just so that they learn how to use like the iPad and stuff. But I feel like you don't really need to learn how to use it. 
And I see that they just go straight to the games. So, like, there is some homework to it, but it's just... These young kids, they don't see it as homework. They see it as playtime. Uh, I, I can totally see that. So, okay, so if iPad time is not what kids should be learning, are there things that you think that kids maybe should be taught in school? And, and I'm talking about outside of the curriculum. What do you think schools should incorporate into their programs? And maybe even parents at home, what should they be teaching their children to, to I guess, get them ready for the world that we live in? I feel that the thing is, like, the world is going to change, but I feel like there's a lot of things that are going to stay the same because the thing is, it's going to be run by people that are older than them when they exit. They're still going to be young, so it's like some of the, I guess, old traditional ways are still going to be kept until they are old enough to take over, mm -hmm. right? But I know that right now there is a rise in financial literacy. There's a mo mm. big movement, there's a big need because kids that are exiting, like they just know how to pay off their debts. They don't know anything about a mortgage. They don't know anything about doing their taxes as self-employed or mm -hmm. as a job. Like They just know, oh, I'm supposed to have this sheet of paper. I'll just give it to my accountant when you are more than capable of doing it yourself. Yeah, like one of my specialties as a realtor is I help first-time home buyers, young people. And one of the things that I've, I've always been shocked when I meet these people is so many of them just have no idea about mortgages, about money, and I have to, and I, I consider it a great privilege to actually sit them down and kind of educate them on how things work, at least with real estate, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to teach them about banking or, <laughs> or stocks, Yeah. stocks, which we brought up earlier. Yeah, stocks. Um, Stock because, market. But Bitcoin. The, but the reality is, you know, the world, as much as we hate it, is run on money, and it's difficult. You know, like when I went to school, I was not taught financial literacy. And sure, I, I know a lot of stuff now because of my job yeah. and just because I had to drive to go learn it. But so many people aren't taught to want to go learn it or they don't even know how much they don't know. Yeah, and and I, it's scary, right? I feel that also like because times are changing, the kids are picking up more and more information because mm -hmm. things are getting faster now. And I think that also like because of the growing increase of like online dependency, especially with the internet, there's mm -hmm. a lack of online intelligence. Oh my god, yes, right? online intelligence. Because, very important thing. And to I think teach that children. the problem is that like they just don't know. Like they think like the internet is an open, safe space because it's so fun when they're young. It's like this whole new playground for them that they can mm -hmm. sit at home at. And then the next problem is that because there is so much online dependency, there is not enough traditional like going outside face-to-face -face, like social skills. It is yes. lacking a lot because I've worked with kids and they treat me like they yell at me. They yell at my what? face and I'm just like, excuse me, but because we're working on um, resume writing and okay. they start yelling at me and I said, excuse me, but if I was your employer, I would not hire you because you you raise wow. your voice at me like that. So there's right? like a level of disrespect. Yeah, like kids nowadays, they can sass the teacher because like I remember like when I was in school, if you do that, like that was just a big no-no. That was just like... You would just go to timeout, you would get suspended right away, but they do that and the teachers told me like they have to be more lenient because that would just give the kids anxiety and all that stuff. I can't even think of sassing a teacher. I can't either. And like, or like I, sassing an adult. Well <laughs> like if when an you're adult a student when you're a, a good student person. when you're a student though, like there are boundaries, but there are no boundaries here. Like I've seen students put their hands on like the teacher's shoulders when they're talking. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. Or yelling at them, being like, hey, 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 come here, yo, come here. And I would hear them say yo, and I would just think, 
okay, um, there's a better way to address your teacher. Like, excuse me, sir, I need some help. Can you please come here? Sir and ma'am, like, yeah. I, that's what I grew up with, you know? I, I, kids nowadays, they snicker when they hear me sit. And, and a lot of, like, when I go to workshops for acting, it's great because sometimes you're, you're allowed to ask questions or, like, a period you can ask questions. I'm like, I'll put up my hand. They're like, you're, you're putting, Michael, you why are you putting up your hand? I don't want <laughs> you know, to interrupt they, you. And then I was like, well, sir, sir? <laughs> like, they're so shocked at, at hearing that or seeing just any level of respect coming from me. And because apparently it's not common. And yeah, that's like, a little sad. Even like, when we, I take the TTC, sorry to interrupt, but when no, I take no, the TTC, like when I would exit, I would sometimes just say, tell the bus driver, thank you and have a good day. And they would be shocked. They'd be like, oh, oh yeah, you too. Because they're just shocked that someone was actually being nice to them and acknowledged them for their service. Wow. So it's, yeah, like I, I guess in a way, one of the things we should be teaching kids is is empathy, right? Yeah, empathy, social cues, and also social understanding cues. online intelligence because it's filled with hate online. Yeah. And, you know, some kids, they don't know, and they'll accidentally spill something on the internet, something personal about themselves, and then you mm -hmm. never know who's reading that, and they might find you or whatnot. Well, yeah, because, like, everything on the internet that you put on the internet is forever, right? And on top of all that, a lot of kids really just don't understand how the internet works. I mean, there is so much false information out there, right? Yeah. So there's this amazing YouTube show that I watch called Smarter Every Day. It's hosted by Destin Sandlin. And oh, wow. I think it's, to me, it's, it's, it should be required watching for parents, for adults, and for children because he has, actually has a very good series about internet algorithms and how information is disseminated on the internet. Yeah. And one of the things, one of the really powerful things I heard him say was, if you see something on the internet, a picture, a meme, a post, whatever, and it makes you feel something, mm -hmm. you should question it. Anytime you feel anything on the internet, you have to question it and look for its sources and figure out if it's true or not. Do your due diligence because a lot of people, when they feel something, they immediately repost it. And that's how, even if it's wrong, it just keeps spreading and spreading and spreading, right? Yeah. So yeah, like I said, check out his, his YouTube series, Smarter Every Day, for more online intelligence information yeah and the last thing i think on also is i think kids should be encouraged to go outside more yeah because I, I saw this caricature recently it really hit home it's back in the day parents had to drag their kids back into the home right yeah they, I remember they that. played outside yeah. a lot they, they love being outside but nowadays parents have to drag their kids outside oh sorry but this egg time which is good right mm -hmm. but yeah you were saying <laughs> no and, and it's sad or like another thing i noticed when i was a kid uh, when I was a teenager, a lot of teens would have their little souped-up cars, you know, they'd be at the Tim Hortons, and they'll have their cars on, loud music playing, they're all leaning against their cars, being all cool, chatting it up. Everyone in the neighborhood gets angry, and then they call the cops, and the kids get shooed away. Nowadays, I actually live near, near a high school, and there is a McDonald's slash Tim Hortons plaza near the high school. And it's so interesting to go there at night because you'll still see teenagers with souped up cars in the parking lot, but there's a huge difference. So the cars are on, there's no music playing. Oh my goodness. The students are still leaning against their cars, acting all cool, except that now they have their phones out, they're not talking to oh one another. Goodness. Instead, all you hear is, 
tap, 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 mm-hmm. tap, tap. Because they're all on their phones. And I'm sitting here going, so your friends are all around you. Who exactly are you chatting with on your phone? What are you doing on your phones? And this is so sad because I'm like, no one's interacting. No one knows how to interact. Yeah. All I can imagine is Bobby over there is standing next to Jimmy and, and Bobby's texting Jimmy. Hey, I think Amy, who's like two people down from you, really likes you. I saw her type your name into her chat window. You know, that's what I'm thinking is happening. And then Jimmy's like, really? Really? Cool. Tap, 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 tap. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's so It's a strange. big change with what everything's going on. And we're not trying to say like, oh yeah, things, things were better back in the day. But mm-hmm. we are noticing a big shift in how people interact. And they would rather, they are more comfortable interacting with their phones than with each other. Mm-hmm. And I feel that it's also because the phone is has become like an extension of the self. Maybe we should do an episode about that. Yeah, maybe. If you guys are interested in us talking about how the phone has become a very integral part of like, I guess, the first world, then yeah, let us know. But overall, we're not trying to say that things were better in the past. All we're trying to say mm-hmm. is just never stop learning because even if it's just learning a new recipe, you're still learning about something. And for mm-hmm. kids, like, you know, if you see a kid just help guide them in the right direction. I wouldn't say whatever your definition of right is and just, yeah, education never stops and don't underestimate yourself because I didn't know I was learning something new until I started really thinking about it. And even self-reflection is a big part of your learning process. Absolutely. Okay, so um, that's the end of our topic. Very lengthy as much as how big, how much food we've got. (laughs) Uh, So yes, we did get a lot of food. So you devoured everything. I did. The last thing I'm just going to mention because I haven't mentioned it is back to the milk tea. Mm -hmm. So I got to say, I love it because for me, the key to a Hong Kong style milk tea is the condensed or evaporated milk ratio to the black tea. Oh, wow. You can taste all that. No, I, I can. So wow. so it's balanced. I hate when there's way too much milk in my milk tea because I still like to, to taste the tea. Mm-hmm. And so the way that they do it here at Marathon, because, wow, they have a really good balance. I can taste the tea. The milk isn't too, too, there isn't too much of that. And also sugar. They're just, it's just the right amount of sweetness that it doesn't overwhelm my taste buds. So Also what's very really great is that the prices at this place are, is very, very reasonable. Yes. And that's what's amazing because you go to like downtown Toronto and some things that are award winning, it'll cost you an arm and a leg. Exactly. What's really great is that they still hold on to the fact that this is still a diner and just because it won Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you need to jack up the prices. Exactly. Like you want people to come and experience it. You're not trying to exclude anyone. Exactly. And traditionally, a tatantang is supposed to be essentially Chinese fast food. Fast food should never be expensive. Yeah. So I'm very appreciative of their reasonable pricing here as well so uh yeah that is the end of our labor day back to school special episode yeah so thank you marathon cafe for having us at their richmond hill location and be sure to check out either the richmond hill location or their scarborough location Mm -hmm. so nightingale how can people find you online they can just find me on instagram at night.nuyen so that the last part is n-g-u-y-e-n are you ever gonna get a twitter because I have a Twitter, you know. My name is Nangel. I already tweet already. Oh. Nice. Nice. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Michael C.W. Chan. I also have a website, www.michael-chan.ca. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, new one's coming soon. Yep. And stay hungry. Stay hungry. <laughs>
This has been Talking With Our Mouthful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Theme music by bensound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you join us on Instagram and Twitter at at TWMF Podcast. We have a lot of bonus content like food pics, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and more info about all the places Michael and Nightingale visit. And if you haven't already, please subscribe. A new episode comes out every two weeks. Thanks again for listening, and stay hungry. <laughs>